0: Hello everyone, my name is Angelica Waters, and I just wanted to take the time to reintroduce myself and explain the reason and purpose behind my podcast, Heal. This podcast will be dedicated to that person that is ready to accept their hurt, their pain, their illness, or mental health issue, and turn that process of exception into a healing triumph as a young black woman living in a world with so much pressure. I dealt with trauma that hindered my growth process until I came into the power of acceptance and I called that my starting point to heal. Once I embarked in my journey of healing, I was able to reconnect with my true self, now stronger and wiser. I am ready to share my journey and allow others to share their healing journey by allowing my podcast to be a safe place. Healing is a journey and you shouldn't have to heal alone. If you are ready to take your life back, this podcast is just for you. Now let's heal. Peace and healing family and welcome back to another episode of Heal with Angelica Waters podcast where we discuss all things healing and if you are new to the channel, welcome. On today's episode, I have an awesome guest joining me today, therapist Ashley Harris as we will be discussing today's topic, the human brain and cognition and its relation to neurodiversity and the use of therapy. Ashley, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Thank you for having me today. Yes, yes, yes. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Now, before we get started on today's topic, do you mind letting our audience know more about you?
1: Okay, sure. So my name is Ashley Harris, and I am a therapist. I'm a licensed professional counselor associate in the state of Texas, and I have studied uh, counseling and psychology um, for over 10 years. I have uh, over a decade of experience in mental health, um, and I have... Uh, treated adults and children I also work as a special education educator and so I have experience in the school systems um, in handling um, different types of uh, uh, neurological disorders learning disorders and mental illnesses
0: oh my gosh that is amazing Ashley wow thank you for that now let's get started on today's topic the human brain and cognition and its relation to neurodiversity and the use of therapy so let's get more of a broad explanation to neurodiversity Mm -hmm. neurodiversity or nd refers to variations in the human brain and cognition For instance, in sociability, learning, attention, mood, and other mental functions. The word neurodiversity refers to the diversity of all, but it is often used in the context of autism spectrum disorder, ASD, as well as other neurologic or development conditions, I'm sorry, such as ADHD or learning disability. This is also why therapy is also so beneficial to those who has indeed. So that brings me to my first question for you, Ashley. What is neurodiversity to you?
1: So neurodiversity uh, in my definition is the variety that um, of, of cognitive abilities that exist among the human race. And so he, neurodiversity means that we all come here um, and we have different makeups as far as our brain, mm-hmm. um, as far as the experiences that uh, we have in life, as far as our learning abilities, um, the way we experience the world is different from person to person. And that's the meaning of neurodiversity. Um, so anybody um, can have a, a, a different outlook on how they perceive information mm. you know, we all experience neurodiversity and so it's not like a a certain category of people um that are neurodiverse like some may suggest um you know the, there's the diagnoses like autism yes ADHD dyslexia uh dyscalculia dyscalculia. There is uh, Tourette's syndrome. Those are some of the more common uh, experiences that we've heard of of people with neurodiversity. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we refer to others that don't have a proper diagnosis as being neurotypical. However, I personally don't believe that there's any such thing as neurotypical people. (laughs) Everyone uh, has different Uh, experiences and different wiring and so we all perceive the world differently we learn differently and our cognitive abilities are very different they vary from person to person
0: oh wow that is amazing so when you were just explaining that I was thinking um, at first that maybe it is something that's just categorized for you know people with ADHD but the way that you explained it basically saying that everyone has their own way of learning I can definitely feel and understand that now with with someone well with us all when we have a certain way of learning how how is it how does it affect another person's way of learning like how does it affect it because it seems like you trying to balance out your way of learning with someone else's way of learning, and it's kind of like a clash. So, exactly. what advice would you give for anyone that just deal with someone whose learning ability
1: is different from theirs? Mm-hmm. And so we see it all the time uh, in in the schools, Mm -hmm. teachers especially, because you have what 20 plus students and they all learn differently. Mm -hmm. Not only do the students learn differently, but you as a person, as a teacher, you learn a certain way. Mm -hmm. And usually what people tend to do is they teach the way that they learn, you know, and they don't really consider that other people have to learn differently. And so... Oftentimes we see, uh, in the education system where people who don't learn, um, the same way as the general population, they tend to, uh, get left behind Mm -hmm. um, because they don't have the ability to receive that one-on-one care that's needed, um, for them to be able to learn according to how their neurological makeup works. Um, as far as adults, this affects adults because after they've gone through the school system, um, they can either do very well in the school system um, because they kind of learn how to adjust according to what the masses want them to do, mm-hmm. or they have developed anxiety, they develop depression and other things like that because they have had such a struggle in learning throughout their childhood. Mm. So you may often see a lot of times where adults don't even try to learn anymore. You know, they just give up on learning like whatever they know at a certain age, that's <laughs> it. They don't take yes. it else. They stop reading. They, they just stop taking in new information. Mm-hmm. And that can trickle over into relationships. It can trickle over into raising children. It can trickle over into uh, maintaining or even getting a career. Um, because a person has never actually dealt with their cognitive abilities early on
0: oh my gosh it's funny that you say that because when I say (laughs) I'm laughing at myself because I've literally like this whole month told myself that I don't want to make myself read like Mm -hmm. typically like when you're younger it's something that you just want to do like or it's kind of like fun honestly but like when you get older it's like, I don't feel like learning. I don't feel like... I just want to... Everybody want to get it fast and do it right. fast. That's why, you know, video content is more powerful now than going to go read a blog or, you know, just reading a book in general. But what I found out is it's so much... It's so much value in actually opening up, in a, open up in a book. I'm sorry. Open up a book and actually reading a book and how much, you know, your brain gets more just pumped up and more with the, yeah. your brain grows more just actually taking time out to read so yes. I say that to ask now what is it that how does um, childhood trauma play a part in ND when it comes to adults
1: so childhood trauma actually plays a role in that it intensifies uh, the symptoms in a negative way mm. if a person like, like, let's say for example if a person has autism or ADHD they're born that way mm-hmm. that, that has absolutely nothing to do with trauma they are born with that makeup however trauma can intensify um, the inability to uh, pay attention it intensifies anxiety it intensifies all of the, the things that people struggle with and um, instead of being able to uh, maintain a balanced, healthy lifestyle, um, instead, what it does is it causes all kind of other issues. It can lead to, like I said before, anxiety, depression, but it can also lead to substance abuse and things of that nature. And so the um, childhood trauma does not actually create the neurodiverse um, ailments or disorders that people experience. People are born with those. Mm, Okay. If a person uh, is raised in a healthy household and they are taught skills needed to cope with different things that happen in life, um, then they usually don't experience as severe of um, symptoms Mm -hmm. as people who have childhood trauma.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So that's that's
1: something that people, I'm glad you asked that. People usually get that kind of confused because people think that childhood trauma causes ADHD. Okay. Childhood trauma causes uh, bipolar disorder or childhood trauma causes schizophrenia, but that's not how it works. The person already had it. They came here with it. And the childhood trauma actually, you know, made it come out more. Person. oh
0: wow okay okay yeah that is that I'm so glad we're talking about that because okay you're saying that a person is we're a person is actually born that way now because I truly believe that you know when the child is in the womb like in the stages of when the mother is carrying the child like we are so are you saying it's genetic Yes. Okay. Exactly. A lot of
1: times, a lot of the um, disorders that we hear about are absolutely genetic. And if you look through the family line, you can see a mother or a father or an aunt or a grandmother. Everybody has somebody where they can say, oh, that's why uncle so-and-so would do that. Mm -hmm. Or that's why my cousin so-and-so, you know, got into that situation. They can usually pinpoint someone in the family that experience something similar if not to the same degree something very close to what they have experienced so the majority of the time it is definitely uh, genetic of course there's brain injuries that take place but Mm -hmm. that's a whole different category um neurodiversity is a representation of the people who were born different they were born with a different uh cognitive makeup with a different um Level of uh, neurological uh, conditions or executive functioning abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's kind of like a spectrum, you know, and we're all somewhere along that spectrum. Yes. You know, a lot of times you hear about the spectrum when it comes to autism, but I believe that everybody is on the spectrum and we all have different places on the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, and you have a group of people that, you know, fit the normal. Part of the spectrum. Yes. I don't believe anybody is really normal, but
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It's normal. Uh, you know, and that's just, that's only because that's the majority of people at a certain point on the spectrum. And then you have outliers um, at different points of the spectrum that experience different conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's all neurodiversity means. It means that I recognize that you may think differently than me. I recognize that you may experience things differently than me. I recognize that your senses may be heightened more in certain situations, more so than mine. That's all it means. It's recognizing that others don't always think and process information the way that we do.
0: Mm, Wow.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Thank you for clearing that up. I love that. Thank you. So you have your... um, consultate uh, did i say right (laughs) consultation (laughs) business yeah okay i'm sorry (laughs) consultation (laughs) business and you're a therapist yes um i would like to know like what are the benefits for one who receives therapy while they're on their healing journey with which you say that we all have neurodiversity what are the benefits of therapy
1: So some of the benefits of therapy include getting to know oneself better, getting educated on yourself and being educated in general on uh, what may be going on within the family or different experiences that the person may have had. One of the, so my organization is called the Ash Tree. And in the Ash Tree, we are a counseling and education initiative and we embrace neurodiversity. And so what that means is that um, we educate people on what they are experiencing. So psychoeducation is a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. We want you to understand what you're experiencing. I don't like to label people with things and the people don't know what the label means. Mm-hmm. You know, or exactly. Means and you have the diagnosis. Ooh, I want to make sure that you understand what that diagnosis means. Do you agree with that diagnosis? Yes you know if the person does not necessarily know what it means they may just be taken what another uh clinician said that they have or you know another professional and it's it's um unfortunately it's, it's very uh common for people to just accept a diagnosis accept medications and say okay this is what i have and they ne- never actually do research on it yes this. you know mm-hmm. they accept it because a professional told them this exactly is you know, and so the ash tree is different in that we want to make sure that you agree with what that definition is. We, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that you know what those symptoms are. You know what the DSM-5 says that this disorder is supposed to look like. Now, is what you have experienced in your life in alignment with what this diagnosis is? Sometimes it is not. You know, when when a person really educates themselves on the diagnosis, and uh, another thing that's pretty different with the Astri is that uh, I support self-diagnosis, mm. so a person yes. does not have to have a diagnosis from another professional in order to. Uh, meet with me or to get services at the Astra. You don't have to have a diagnosis at all. At all, You can say, you know what, I think I have symptoms of autism and I want to talk about it. I want to discuss yeah. it. That's fine. Self-diagnosis is, is absolutely okay. And I tell people all the time, you know yourself better than I will ever get to know you. Okay, yes, exactly. So that being said, if you have researched and you feel that this particular um, disorder our disability is what you have experienced who am I to tell you oh no it's not that mm. no that, that's not my place you know you you know and so my place is to educate you my place is to support the person and so that's what we do at the Tree: we educate and we support through uh, treatment planning So that's another process that's pretty unique um, in that a lot of times when people go to counseling, you know, they sit there and they talk and they talk and (laughs) time goes by. And then a lot of times they're like, well, I went to therapy, but I don't know if it helped. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it made a difference, you know. So treatment planning is vital because the person is able to see their progress. I give clients agency over the, the entire counseling experience. So when you come to me, you get educated, you pick your goals, you pick your objectives, you watch your progress. It's all written. Uh, I work with the person, but I don't tell the person what to do. Oh, I'm there to support. Yes. I'm there to support in the process. So the healing is all up to the person. I don't heal others. I heal myself and I can share my experience. Yes. <laughs> I, can heal others. I can give you the tools that you need to heal yourself. Oh my gosh, Ashley. I love that so
0: much. Thank you. Thank you. And if you all are enjoying this episode just as well as I am, please show your support by donating today for more free and powerful content just like this. More info to donate will be listed in today's show notes as well as on the screen below. Now let's get back to today's episode, The Human Brain and Cognition. So I have a question and I would like to know, what happens if a person doesn't have a diagnosis, diagnosis but feel that something is wrong with them, especially if they don't trust a medical profession? what would you
1: what would you advise them to do i advise people to research educate yourself the confidence level increases the more educated you are your ability to pick a clinician that is more suited for for you as a person is better when you educate yourself Mm -hmm. So research, research, research. We live in the age of Google. We have so much yes. information at our fingertips. There's mm-hmm. really no excuse to not research. Exactly. I'm not trusting, uh, especially because of the history that people have with um, the medical professions and um, the psychological professions, you know, with the tests and um the different experiments that were performed on certain groups of people. And so for that reason, I absolutely understand why a person would avoid going to a professional. And so if a person wants to avoid going to a professional research, it doesn't mean you just neglect yourself. You can still help yourself. And I have even developed a workbook uh, that will be available. Um, They're going to go on pre-sale next week. And we're gonna start shipping them out. And it's a workbook developed for a person to create their own treatment plan.
0: Mm, that's amazing. Themselves,
1: themselves better. And I intentionally made this workbook for people who don't feel safe going to professionals. Ooh. so that they can still go through the process get to know themselves. Um, If they were to complete the process and choose to go to a professional, that's great. But even if they do not choose to go to a professional, they will still benefit from this workbook because they're going to go through all the same processes. The only difference is they won't have that person there to support them.
0: Mm, Oh my gosh. I love that. I can definitely agree even with me asking that that was also that's also just for myself in general just because of the things that I've went through just dealing with medical professions and not being able to get to me felt like you guys are not giving me the right answer like this is something's wrong and I don't know but I'm going to figure out so you know, with me, I personally just went on a, a soul journey with God and like, mm-hmm. hey, you're going to help heal me and we're going to figure it out. And right. when and honestly, you know, there's nothing wrong with, of course, going to seek therapy mm-hmm. and going to seek help because we all need it. But it's more profound when you are able to recognize that you have a problem mm-hmm. and then trying to do something about it. So Mm -hmm. that was my state. I knew something was wrong. And like you said, research, research, research. I did so much research to see what things mean, what it is. And I was able to self-correct the things that I was going through. I mean, I'm not going to say, well, if anxiety is a part of ND, then I will say that, (laughs) you know, as a, as one of the symptoms. But um, I truly believe that that is a, a great way for somebody to just get to know and love yourself, and understand yourself right. is to self is a is self-examine yourself experiment yes. on yourself yes like yes. i talked to you before everyone else doesn't experiment on us
1: right let's do it i mean do it for yourself and that's what mm-hmm. the workbook does it's called an authentic life workbook and planner so it's it's pretty thick <laughs> because it's a workbook and a yeah plan. Um, but that's what it does it brings people uh, through a journey where you get to know yourself you reconnect to your inner child you mm. get to know who you are as a person what's your true nature who are you really you know because oftentimes people they have these goals that are not really in alignment with who they are as Ooh. A person, you know and so the first part is getting to know yourself before before any goals are set you know before any of that you need to know who you are what is your true nature and then after that we go through the process of um, identifying what your needs are needs vary from person to person mm-hmm. the, the reason needs there is because we are neurodiverse we think differently We experience things differently. And for that reason, we have different needs. Your relationship needs are different from my relationship needs. You know, your health needs are different from my health needs. And so we go through the needs. And then after that, we go through the wants and desires. Which Mm. are different from the needs. You know, wants and desires are things that you work on after your needs are met. Yes. You know, a lot of times we, we... With social media and everything we we start working on wants and desires and we don't have the basis that we need that we uh get from making sure we have everything that we need and so we go through that process with the person in the workbook um we touch on the different categories of self-care physical Mm self-care psychological self-care emotional self-care Uh, relational self-care that's the the the, um the way we interact with others and socialize with others in relationships our professional self-care and then we included another section which is called giving giving self-care because that's a vital part you know um who are you as a giver Mm. you know do you give too much do you not give enough? Cause people don't give enough. You know, we, we hear a lot about boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. People's mm-hmm. boundaries are way too tight and you need to loosen up a bit. Yes. So there, there should be balance in that. And so the workbook goes over those different categories and it breaks down your, your needs and your wants. And then after you get to know yourself, you get to know what you need, you get to know what you want. Then there's a treatment plan process where you set goals you set objectives and you check yourself routinely to see if your actions and behaviors are in alignment with your goals and desires
0: oh my god Ashley that was so amazing thank you so much for that hold on one second Excuse me, y'all. I had a cough. It's allergy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. It is good to be y'all. Please excuse me. Please excuse me. But, Ashley, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today in discussing this well needed topic the human brain and cognition. Mm -hmm. I would also like to give a special thank you to my amazing audience and healing tribe for joining us today. I pray today's episode was informative and valuable to you all. Also, be sure to give us your feedback, share and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes on your favorite podcast station and on my YouTube channel, Heal with Angelica Waters Podcast to help get the message out to those in need of healing. Also, if you are suffering from anxiety and depression, my 12-week one-on-one balanced life coaching program is just for you. As a as I help women of color who suffer from anxiety and depression, get them a results to a new you. Book your free 30 minute consultation call with me today. Link is in the description below to schedule as well as my new release ebook, Hear Yourself and My Healing Tribe merch. I will also leave info in the description so you all can connect with my amazing guest today, Miss Ashley Harris. Ashley, before we end today's show, Do you have any closing remarks for today's audience?
1: Well, I want people to just keep in mind that we're all different. And that's what neurodiversity means. And so when you see people who you feel are weird, remember somebody thinks you're weird too. (laughs)
0: You better know it. I'm okay with being weird. We're all all some weird weird folks around here. We're some weird
1: folks. Look up the (laughs) etymology of the word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Ashley. Ashley, I love that. I love that. And thank you all again for joining us today. And we now leave you guys as we came. Peace and healing.